2: Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My
1: Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.
3: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, June 5th. I'm Taryn Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, just in time for the special legislative session, a look at Mississippi transportation by the numbers.
4: Because there's been a lack of transportation funding at the local, state, and federal levels, Mississippi's roads have been allowed to uh, deteriorate and they're becoming more congested.
3: Down to the wire, with just one month left in the fiscal year, the state is facing a tax revenue shortfall. Will the governor have to move more money from reserves to balance the state budget? And a one-on-one with Representative Steve Holland and his commitment to beat the odds. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi Legislature will convene today for a special legislative session. Governor Phil Bryant made the call official and outlined the agenda on Friday. Lawmakers are set to address the Fortify Act, the Budget Transparency Act, and to finalize budget appropriations for the Attorney General's Office, State Aid Road Construction Office, and the State Department of Transportation. Those budgets have to be finalized before June 30th. The governor's proclamation does not address increasing infrastructure spending, but some local leaders are hoping that transportation and road budgets will reflect efforts to solve issues on deteriorating roadways. McGee Mayor Jimmy Clyde is president of the Mississippi Municipal League. He joined Washington, D.C.-based transportation research group TRIP on Thursday to show support for increased funding. He says better streets is a common citizen request.
5: Cities, towns, and villages are responsible for more than 23,000 miles of street miles. Being at City Hall for over 42 years, I can tell you that one of the most requested services that our cities receive from citizens is better and safer streets. The over 50% of Mississippi citizens who live in municipalities expect and deserve safe, well-maintained streets. However, the cost of providing and maintaining streets and bridges continues to outpace current municipal revenue streams. In our case, many, many years ago, we paved almost every street in our community for less than $1 million. Today, that cost would be almost $7 million. Raising property taxes should not be the only recourse for generating new revenue. If cities and towns can improve their street infrastructure, the climate for economic development will continue to improve and more jobs can be created for all Mississippians. The Mississippi Municipal League strongly supports increased funding to address our crumbling roads and bridges.
3: TRIP shared results of research on Mississippi road conditions. The report, called Mississippi Transportation by the Numbers, found that motorists in the capital city lost more than $2,000 per year as a result of driving on roads that are deteriorated, congested, and that lack some desirable safety features. Carolyn Kelly is Associate Director of Research and Communication for TRIP. She tells MPB's Alexis Ware the trouble roads... The troubled roads also affect economic development.
4: The report we're releasing today looks at the condition of Mississippi's transportation system. We've also provided specific breakdowns for the Jackson area that looks at road and bridge conditions as well as congestion and safety here locally. Our report finds that the average driver here in Jackson loses about $2,000 each year because they're driving on roads that are deteriorated, congested and not as safe as they could be. Because there's been a lack of transportation funding at the local, state, and federal levels, Mississippi's roads have been allowed to uh, deteriorate and they're becoming more congested. The state also has the third highest traffic fatality rate in the nation. So additional transportation funding at the local, state, and federal level could go a long way towards allowing the state and the municipalities to improve the condition of their transportation system, to ease congestion, and to try to reduce the number of traffic fatalities on the roads each year. What does that improvement look like? It can take a variety of forms. Right now, here in Jackson, 63% of major roads are in either poor or mediocre condition. So there's obviously a need to improve the, the condition and the roughness of the local roads. Congestion is also becoming an increasing problem the average driver here in Jackson loses almost a full working week, 38 hours, stuck in traffic congestion. And the, the fatality rate in the state is among the highest in the nation. So these improvements to the roadways can make them safer for drivers, they can make them smoother, and can also make the roads more efficient so the drivers aren't wasting time and fuel stuck in traffic congestion. What are the road conditions, bridge conditions like, um, especially in some more of the rural areas here in Mississippi? Overall, nearly two-thirds of urban, major urban roads in Mississippi are in either poor or mediocre condition, and statewide, 12 percent of bridges are structurally deficient. What that means is that there's significant deterioration to the major components of the bridge. Now these bridges are still safe for travel and they're maintained and monitored on a regular basis, but many of them do need significant repairs or even replacement in some cases. What does all of this mean for Mississippi drivers? How are they really affected by this? It's certainly not news to Mississippi drivers that they're driving on deteriorated roads and that they're stuck in traffic congestion what they probably don't realize is that has a financial impact on them in fact the average driver loses two thousand dollars each year because of the deficiencies on the transportation system that's money that could be much better spent on other on other things in their lives than throwing it away on a on a bad transportation system what's the solution for all of this The conditions that we see in Mississippi's transportation system stem from a lack of transportation funding. So additional funding at the local, state, and federal levels will go a long way towards improving the condition of the state's transportation system and providing a system that allows businesses to operate efficiently and provides for high quality of life for the state's residents and the drivers here. The deficiencies that we point out in the report really stem from a lack of, of funding. And if the state can improve transportation funding, that will uh, help to improve trans- the conditions of the system, ease congestion, and lower the traffic fatality rate. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. Thank you.
3: In addition to statewide information, the report contains regional data for Gulfport, Biloxi, Pascagoula Hattiesburg, Jackson, and South Haven, DeSoto County. Coming up, a look at the state economy as the end of the fiscal year approaches. Will tax revenues rise or fall? This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: Your home for the
0: arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org.
3: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. As state tax collections now lag behind predictions, the governor may have to make budget adjustments. The State Department of Revenue says tax collections this year are slightly below expectations. This after impressive tax gains in March and April. The overage did not continue. Up to this point in the current fiscal year, the state is $146 million below estimates or about 3% under. If tax revenue does not exceed expectations in the final month of the year, the governor may have to move money from the Rainy Day Fund to make up the shortfall. Kathy Waterbury is Associate Commissioner for the State Department of Revenue. She tells MPB's Mark Rigsby what the revenues look like so far this year.
2: Year to date, using the revised estimate, uh, the general fund transfers from the Department of Revenue are $146.3 million below the revised estimate. And that's actually 3% below what was expected to come in. And that is year to date from July 16 through May of 17.
0: Just a few months ago in March and April, revenue collections were higher than expected. Why did that happen?
2: It was a timing issue with corporate income and individual income. It's very hard when you look at a spread over 12 months of what we estimate will come in when people will actually put a check in the mail. And also added to that, the corporate income tax uh, due date changed. Uh, New law changed last year, went into effect this year, moving the due date from March 15 to April 15 for corporate income tax. March was higher than expected because more people continued to file in March than waiting to file in April for their corporate returns. And then April was higher because we had brought in a lot of extra people thinking that there was going to be much more work to do with the corporate than there was. So we were able to get through with uh, April 15th individual income tax processing much earlier than we got through earlier this year than ever before. We were completely done by the uh, end of the first week of May um typically we don't get all of that mail open until close to the end of may so money that we in the past would have put in the bank in may actually was put in the bank in april so april was above what was expected march was above what was expected but the money did not continue to come in obviously it already been paid so that's why May was so far below.
0: At this point in the fiscal year, what does that say about the growth in Mississippi?
2: If you look at a dollar-to-dollar comparison, the dollars we collected for the same period for fiscal year 16 with the dollars we've collected so far this year for fiscal year 17, we're actually $3.7 ahead of where we were this time last year. That's less than 1%. We are basically flat on growth. We're not seeing any growth in the actual dollars collected. The estimate is based on typically what came in the prior year plus some growth. And it doesn't appear that that growth has happened.
0: So what does June look like?
2: We are expecting uh, June to be uh, pretty much to collect what we collected last year, which was in the neighborhood of 672 to six hundred and eighty million dollars.
0: What does this mean for the overall state budget?
2: The governor's office and the Department of Finance and Administration have been watching this very closely throughout the year and have been making budget cuts throughout the year to adjust for this.
0: But the state has other sources of revenue besides tax collections, doesn't it?
2: It does. The primary source, of course, uh, for the the state is the general fund collections from taxes. But the state also has other investment uh, income, for instance, on interest on money that's deposited, uh, speeding tickets, I guess, from the Department of Public Safety, the settlements that are coming in from the attorney general's office, and other sources like that that are coming in that are added to what we transfer uh, to the Treasury.
0: Kathy Waterbury is an associate commissioner with the Mississippi Department of Revenue. Thanks for being on Mississippi Edition.
3: You're welcome. In May, Standard & Poor's financial services downgraded Mississippi's outlook for its state government credit rating from stable to negative. State economist Darren Webb tells our Mark Rigsby previous estimates were overly optimistic.
6: It means that the uh, revenue projections were overly optimistic. Uh, we do know that there were some changes to some of the uh, monthly spread of the estimate because of some tax law changes, so so the data itself is a little bit uh, hard to interpret uh, from historical patterns. But, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're in a period of growth, a period of slow growth that, that we have been in for quite some time.
0: Would you say that Mississippi's economy is flat Based on the tax collections?
6: Based on data beyond the tax collections, the tax collections themselves are a little bit difficult to interpret on a month-to-month basis, especially this year because of the tax law changes. But when we look at other data, things like employment, for example, the economy is basically flat.
0: You said there's other indicators... Uh, to determine how well the economy is doing. What are some of those indicators?
6: Well, we look at a lot of different measures, things like uh, manufacturing work week length, the employment level. We look at building permits. There's a whole host of measures that we uh, examine and we report on a monthly basis and and try to get some idea of, of where the economy is. We sort of try to take the pulse of the of the state's economy, and as far as how to get out of this, you know, I do think that we are in a slow growth mode. Uh, I think we're seeing that at the national level, and we're when the national economy is growing at a slow pace. Um, it's very hard for Mississippi to to outperform that, and and we haven't. We've we've actually grown slower. Why that is, I think it has to do with a lot of long-term problems that the state has, and in particular our low level of human capital, um, because we uh, human capital is is education, it's health, it's it's all the things that make an employee productive, and. We tend to be lower than the nation as a whole, so I think that when the national economy is growing slow, those kind of problems are more evident, and that's what we've been experiencing really since since the recession, and, and perhaps even before that, but, but especially since the, the recession of 2008. And the only way to change it, only to rep- improve it, is to is to increase human capital. That means increased education, better health, um, better home environments, uh, all those things that, that that affect that.
0: Being 146 million dollars below expectations to this point, what kind of impact does that have on the state budget?
6: At this point in the game, I don't think it's going to have a big impact on the on the state's budget because we are toward the end of the year. There's, you know, you can't really cut budgets anymore. Uh, at this late date and have any real impact, it means that you'll have to take more money from the rainy day fund. And if I understand right, the governor has that authority to do that.
0: Will it have a big impact on next year's budget? Not
6: necessarily. I mean, again, it's money taken from the rainy day fund, so that covers this year. And then you know we will be looking at the collections through the year to fund next year's budget. So I don't think it necessarily... Has an impact uh, even on next year's budget.
0: And the state has been planning for these lower than expected revenues.
6: Well, we have made very modest. Projections for the past few years, uh, they have still been, you know, evidently not modest enough because we have missed the estimates. I think what the legislature adopted this session for 2018 is flat growth for next year. So the numbers that they had for 17, they they projected for 18 as well. Uh, so I mean, that that's anticipating basically no growth in the economy.
0: So, Darren, what's the bottom line here?
6: Well, the bottom line is that the state's economy is growing at a slow pace. It has been growing at a slow pace since the recession. We have had a very poor recovery relative to the rest of the country. Uh, We've seen some growth in employment, but most of the jobs that have been created have been low-wage jobs, so it's not translated into either income or output. That is the environment in which we're trying to generate revenues, and it's a difficult environment. The revenues are just not performing very well at all, and that's uh, probably going to be with us into next year as well.
0: Darren Webb is the state economist for Mississippi. Thanks for being on Mississippi Edition. We do appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Governor Phil Bryant says when all funds are considered, proactive budget management could allow us to end the fiscal year without a deficit and still maintain a healthy rainy day fund. The governor ordered several rounds of budget cuts for state agencies over the past year. Coming up, a one-on-one with Democratic Representative Steve Holland. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
6: Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio.
0: This is
3: Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Voters in District 16 will eventually have to elect a new House representative. If current Democratic Representative Steve Holland has his way, that won't take place for a while. The 61-year-old Plantersville lawmaker has announced his dementia diagnosis and vows to beat the odds like he has with previous, previous health problems. Representative Holland tells us his plan to remain in office through the remainder of his term.
1: Well, quite frankly... I knew about the dementia diagnosis last year, and it was really under the advisement of medical doctors that I move on then out of the legislature and concentrate my full-time abilities on my funeral businesses. And uh, so I, I made that announcement. And then, uh, I don't know, without being sounding vain, about 10,000 people got on a site and said, don't do it. and And I didn't do it. And uh, I stayed. The reason I not only did the doctors advise me last year, but quite frankly, it would have been a a time where a special election could have been held with the presidential election. I'm very sensitive about costing taxpayers money with special elections. Sometimes things happen that you have to have them, but mine was voluntary. And so, when it didn't happen, and when I finally got my ultimate diagnosis here a couple of months ago. Now, the doctors are saying they're sort of glad I didn't resign because I need the routine mental challenge that the legislature provides. So, So
3: being mentally active is actually helpful for your condition? Being
1: mentally active is extraordinarily helpful. One of the things that I've been pleased that the University of Mississippi Medical Center Mind Center has told me, staff, is don't really stop anything. I mean, just keep working, keep churning out, keep churning your mind, stay involved, stay in your routine. Uh, which is, <laughs> it's pretty busy. You know, I, I may not be working quite 80 hours a week anymore. Where I've sort of tried to curry that down to about 60, but to 50 or 60, but I still work in my business every day, and I still have people who come in and need my help to plow through the the horrors of government sometime government bureaucracy and things like that. So I'm staying very active, and I'm staying right on the job
3: we're going to get to the government bureaucracy in a second, but I do want to ask, did you have symptoms that sent you to the doctor initially?
1: Well, you know, uh, three years ago, my gallbladder ruptured on the floor of the house, and I went septic immediately and spent a very protracted period of time, actually 24 months to the day. I had seven separate distinct surgeries because of the fact that that gallbladder ruptured, and I did go septic, and It was a tough medical challenge, and I ultimately uh, uh, had the seven surgeries. And when I came out of the last one, it was sort of a a general repair surgery, uh, including a hernia that had to be repaired and and restructuring some internal uh, organs and that kind of stuff and getting me to where I needed to be for the rest of the long haul. I came out of that extraordinarily fast physically. I mean, it just buffaloed the doctors that because they'd told me it may be about another six months before physically I would be in any kind of shape to, uh, to go back to work. I went back to work in two weeks and, uh, but I had mental problems. I had mental short-term cognitive problems. I, I, I was all of a sudden not knowing where I was in the moment or not knowing what I did one hour before. And my father was still living then he, he battled alzheimer's for about eight years before his death last june so i was carrying him i was sort of his primary caregiver and i was seeing the doctors here in tupelo at the medical center dr lee greer in particular and i just told lee what was happening to me this was about march and he started testing and evaluations immediately and said that he thought i was in the early stages and, uh, and then by the time June, the end of June came along, we had a pretty good track record. I, I was, uh, I, my episodal kind of moments were being recorded by him and I was reporting regularly. And he's the one that suggested maybe it was time that, that I just resign the legislature and just deal with my funeral business, which should be enough. And we went on to the mine center at UMMC because that's my, that's my hospital of record anyway. And, I ran their budget about 18 years, and I'm just a big fan of UMMC. And I've learned so much about the Mind Center and what they do and how comprehensive it really is and and and, and what a special group of folks that they are.
3: Now, you announced your retirement, but that retirement won't take place for another two years. Well, is that right?
1: That's correct. I'm going to finish my term. I hope I don't have to cause a special election. I promise you, and I want to reassure the public, I know when I'm not doing well, and, and it's it's it's— I have moments throughout every week to where my short term cognitive ability is compromised, admittedly, but by and large i'm still at the top of the game. I work every day, I read my papers, I read my mags, I keep up with what's going on in the state of Mississippi within my family and my community and my district and i'm 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 a long way from gone i I don't know the the thing I find out by researching and listening to my medical team and is that the research and the pharmaceutical input on dementia Alzheimer's is maybe the most rapidly changing of all of the disease categories that there is out there. And and UMMC is right at the cutting edge. The Ole Miss Pharmacy School is doing a tremendous amount of research in dementia, Alzheimer's, pharmaceuticals, and uh, cutting-edge ways to combat this malady. And so... I'm hoping maybe something will come along, that we can stay here a long time and continue to be active mentally and and in the things that I love to do for my people.
3: Representative Holland, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Join us for Representative Holland's part two of our conversation when we take a look at his career achievements. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs, all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10 o'clock it's Now You're Talking. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB public media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition. It's only on MPB. Think Radio.
1: Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays are credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.